Hello, and welcome to Smashed Prawns in a Milky Basket, a podcast about the work of comedy writer, performer, director, and all-round genius, Julia Davis. I'm Sophie Davis, no relation, and on each episode, I'm joined by a guest to talk about a different show created by Julia Davis. This is part two of my conversation with Tom Aspall about Nighty Night Series 2, so if you haven't already listened to part one, please go back and listen to that one first. Episode four starts briefly with Glenn. He's sort of like gnawing on Jill's oh. arm like he's a dog or something. Yeah. She is still trying to kill him. She suggests autoerotic asphyxiation. asphyxiation and just starts like strangling him. Strangling, but not actually. Yeah, he is sort of resisting. And then, yeah, this is when Sue arrives in Cornwall with mm. uh, Vicar Arno, yeah. who is played by a guy called Robert D. Phillips. And he only has three credits on IMDb, wow. including this one. So I'm not sure where they got him from or where he's gone since then. But wow. <laughs> I don't know. I googled him as well, but it's not a very unique name so who knows where he is now (laughs) if you're listening get in touch yeah (laughs) and this is also where we find out that kath and dawn have a a younger son who we haven't met before talk about what coming out of the woodwork does she say (laughs) coming out i think she says woodworm yeah woodworm (laughs) he's been at boarding school and she says skeletons in the woodworm yeah Yeah. that's it she says about the boarding school oh there's always one that you love less yeah (laughs) do you know what i miss though Dave like why couldn't he be Dave Dave, why where did he go like I actually stalked him on IMDB Mm. and found his Instagram I think God, I can't believe I've just admitted that. I just wanted to know where he was. But yeah, he's not in this one. He's one of the only characters that isn't. Because, yeah, I guess... If they've gone to Cornwall, maybe he's at university. Maybe. Because she must have decided, you know, he just wasn't necessary. Like, there was Mm. a storyline with the son, but it's more sort of on the edge if it's a younger kid and not an actual teenager. Yeah. Yeah, Bruce, we meet him. Jill has this conversation with Sue where... They're talking about Gordon is now dead, obviously. And she Mm. says, so do you see any future for yourself, Sue? Or are you going to call it a day? (laughs) And we get another of, how many of those have you had, Sue? Because she's eating some biscuits. We find, yeah, four. <laughs> like she actually just answers him yeah, now. Four, I've had four, Jill. This is where we find out Kath's pregnant. When Sue brings it up, Jill just throws a full cup of tea in yeah. her face. Uh, and when Jill finds out as well, she goes up to Kath and punches her in the stomach. <laughs> yeah, oh God. It's I, disgusting. And yeah, going into the age thing, Sue says, oh, well, Sherry Blair had a child at 47. I know, have you seen it? <laughs> Amazing. That's brilliant, yeah. The and whole of the, the that whole of this thing of like Jill, what I mean, why wouldn't she want Kath pregnant? It's kind of she assumes it's Jack's as well, doesn't yeah, she? Yeah. So it's it's weird that she wouldn't want Kath to be pregnant because she doesn't know at this point that it's Don's baby. But then when she does find out, this is when it all just starts to amp up again. Even though from this series it's already been really crazy you know with like Fluella and all the death so far and then it's just this whole it's just ridiculous what happens like trying to get pregnant for yeah. an 11 year old but yeah 
Well, no, between, before then, obviously, there's the insemination. I can't believe that scene. Just think, but the, the use of classical music in that scene is incredible. Yeah, they're talking about Kath being pregnant, and she tells Kath that she's found some porn on the computer that must oh. be Don's. And Kath's like, oh, but Don's been very good recently. And she says, well, where is he now, Kathy? Could be out there somewhere filling up on porn like an elephant on buns. Yeah. <laughs> she's like line. trying to drive this wedge between yeah. Kath and Don, isn't she? Constantly. Because uh, by this point, she knows that it's Don's baby. She also tries to kind of seduce him, like a sort of last-ditch attempt, because he comes home and she's like lying oh, in the driveway. Yeah. Oh God, yeah. In the there's some the... ravioli in my bag. <laughs> like, please, Don, we could share some meaty cushions. Yeah. Oh God, that's that's an amazing one where she's like, "Stay with me," and like hits the. Um, car horn with her hand and she's got like bloody tries to, yeah. bandages on her wrist as well like that, thrashing around that's one bit I wanted to talk about is like I always never knew what she was doing down there because she obviously she like leans over Don's lap and then goes down on the floor and then you just hear if you because I was watching it with headphones on it's really ASMR but you just hear like this weird like it sounds like a mouth but there's like kind of something's happening down mm. there and I'm like what is she doing and then she comes up and then she's got these bandages on that she's obviously just applied and again using suicides to like try and keep him in her life and then he says I'll never leave uh, no which is also really sad, saying that he he doesn't really want to be with Kath, but I can't leave a pregnant woman. Yeah. Um, and then he leaves, and then she sees the silhouette of Bruce, their 11, 12-year-old son, like pumping up something in his bedroom, like yeah. a bike pump maybe. Well, yeah, Before just before that we get, like you said, the vasectomy oh, thing, because she, she still can have a last sort of attempt with Dom before she moves on to the, the 12-year-old yeah. son. I do quite like when... Kath says, oh, he's having a vasectomy and it immediately cuts and there's this dramatic in the car. music. They're like racing to the hospital. They're, yeah. we they're wearing scrubs yeah. somehow. And yeah, the, the way that the classical music is used in this awful. It's really good. <laughs> and... The desperation. Bed it up as well. So it's like extra fast. Mm -hmm. And she's like trying everything to like extract something. Yeah. And eventually Linda's... It's Linda literally <laughs> just goes, gets on there, yeah, does that, it straight away. That's a good cut as well because Linda's like, <laughs> Yeah. Do you want me to have a go? And then the next thing we see, they're just covered in it's it. In, covered in, in the semen. Do you know, the thing is, that's another scene where you can see Ruth Jones is completely holding it together because she's there's like an actual smile in the, in the corner of her lips. Like you can see it. She's holding it in because Jill's just like doing this, like frantically trying to get Don to come so that she can impregnate herself. Like, can't believe that sentence is coming out of my mouth yeah I was describing this scene to my boyfriend yesterday because oh, I was talking to him about series two is a bit more extreme and he hasn't seen it before and he was just like what and I was like and then they're spooning the pie and mash so it goes all into up. her it, they, yeah he Jill so they squirt they squirt the it there's like a like an icing tube or something yeah almost. and it goes into this woman's this dinner this old lady's dinner steak and kidneys yeah and on her glasses as well all over her glasses and all over her mouth as she's chewing yeah. it's really gross out humour <laughs> yeah not just in the meal like all over the old woman as yeah. well and then she she's like spoon it in Linda pee going in <laughs> Because she's doing it gently at first, and then yeah. Jill's like, just tip it all just up. Just shove it up there, yeah. And that scene, then it kind of, the way that the music ends at that like beautiful scene 
of like the cliffs like the camera just pans over the cliffs and it's just like so well edited and put together then after that she's not happy because I'm not sure how long afterwards it is but she's annoyed that she's not pregnant pregnant, she runs into Linda in the caravan and throws a full bucket of water over her and and says I'm not pregnant and it's your fault and then this is where she's trying to seduce Bruce because she's kind of given up on Don for now and yeah, apparently um, the producer of the show, uh, Alison McPhail, has said that some people were a little bit worried that mm. this was too much and she had to have some meetings with people at really? the BBC to assure them that it was all, that it was okay. Because um, she's erotically dancing around Bruce's bedroom to Maroon 5, this well, love. Yeah, this, apparently. There must be two cuts of that. Yeah, apparently they did two versions and this this is the, the non-sexy version. Wow. <laughs> they did a sexy one where the kid was wasn't actually in the room while right. they filmed it because of like you know guidelines yeah and then this is the non-sexy one which they apparently decided to use because they thought it was funnier i don't know if you've <laughs> noticed bruce but i'm a very attractive lady i've been assaulted <laughs> on more than two occasions <laughs> oh bless him one thing where he's drawing a picture and it's like who's that mummy and it's like no it's a pig yeah <laughs> like she's just constantly digging at Kath. And she shows him the calendar, like, oh, here's, I'm, oh, yeah. a, I'm actually a glamour model. and I do modelling. Yeah, here's me uh, bent over a pony. Bent over a pony, <laughs> ostrich. Dancing with an ostrich. So good. And I love how uninterested he is as well. Like, yeah. he's he's just, he, is he in a, a little, like, scout's uniform or something, yeah. isn't he? He's just so naive. Well, they, again, she's saved by Linda, because... Bruce just isn't interested in Jill drawing her naked or anything with or what she's trying to get him to do. So she goes down back into the caravan and she's like, apparently Bruce would like to draw you. And then Linda, because she's basically just an overgrown child, ends up playing that game with him. Like, That's probably why Bruce like likes Linda more yeah. than Jill, because she is just like a child. Like, yeah. I think when they're watching him the silhouette of him in his room mm. where Jill thinks that he's masturbating but he's actually just pumping up a football yeah J- uh, Linda is in the background and she's like playing with some Barbies yeah, 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 and yeah. like she's also in this series using I can't remember what it's called but those things one like, of those they're just, the they're, action that I'm doing won't come across yeah. on a podcast but one of those things you make out of paper where you move it around and it's got different colours on it and different choices yeah. it's probably got a name but the I can't yeah. Green. Green. The next morning they're going around the room looking well. The stains. Yeah, and I quite like this quote where she says uh, sperms are very strong at that age. They're like angry little mackerel. Oh, God. <laughs> going around with this ultraviolet scanner and it like, she puts it on Linda's crotch and it starts beeping. Loads. Yeah, the noise is really funny. And it picks up some stains on the bed, but we see that it is it's just glue because he's clearly been doing some sort of like arts and crafts. Yeah. And Bruce, evening prayers are on TV. <laughs> oh God, Kath is... Getting more and more insufferable as the series goes on, I think. Yeah, she does a lot of like sort of humming and yeah. she gets into the car and goes like, Bum-de-lum. yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's little yeah. habits that you feel like if you lived with her, you would find that annoying. You can see why, obviously, Don is not a sympathetic character either, but you get the impression, you can kind of see why yeah, Don in- would get irritated by her. Yeah, and obviously, like Arno and Sue are now like fully in a relationship and like snogging quite all the time all the time just sat next to Kath and Dawn and it's is that still the same episode is this which one's this three or four four Four. there was one thing that happens in four 
then she tries to put the towel up her the the bed the, sheet. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, she starts putting this sheet up, and she says, "I'm a very accommodating woman, Linda, but that sheet is a king size." <laughs> and then because there's glue on it, Linda gets her hands stuck. Yeah, and then Fluella wakes up from her weird coma uh, that she's in. And notices them basically fisting each other, then walks out the caravan, gets run over again. Again, There is something else that happens in that episode that I really love. Uh, this is also the episode where we get the line, the, the oft quoted line. So we'd appreciate you not creeping up on us like a dog, dog at a disco. disco. I love that line. Yeah, that is a good one. And this episode ends with Jill trying to kill Glenn and kind of... Not succeeding, but she gets further than she has before because they're, they're feeding the ducks and oh, yeah. she pushes him into the lake and he can't swim. And then for all she knows, she thinks she has actually killed him because he's sort of floating in the water. And, and that she face she pulls is so scary. But then at the end of the episode, we see that he is still alive and he's, sort of, he's come out of the water and he's puking up all these like condoms oh, and God. a frog and stuff. And this is the point where his memory actually comes, comes back, back and he remembers what Jill has done. I've re- I just remembered what it is about this episode that I love, and it's um, Jill as Fluella giving an aerobics class yes, on the front lawn. I forgot about that. Um, split trumpet <laughs> and pig. And Was it rolling the sausage, rolling the sausage or something? poppers, doing something that he shouldn't <laughs> on the, on the lawn. lawn. Leg yawn. <laughs> Leg yawn kills me. And then obviously Jill can't do it. No, Kath can't do it properly because she's got a stick at this point. And then she like goes up to Jacques and she's like, oh, he's, he said it's good to see you dripping. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, so that scene I really love. But then it moves on to episode five. Yeah, episode five. We start off, they're all eating together at the house and Don is just like obviously staring at Sue's chest yeah and Kath does actually seem to notice she's not as oblivious as she was in series one I think and mm. she asks Jill to pass the pepper and this is where Jill is kind of like sorry Kathy no it's too heavy for me and she starts like thrashing her head around and pretends pretends to throw up and, oh god and then she reveals that well she's faking it obviously but she reveals oh I, i'm pregnant i was mm. i was raped by bruce yeah and everyone believes her except calf yeah sue seems to believe jill most of the time yeah like, i'm not sure why but she seems to react to things with yeah. kind of like oh all the time arno becomes a kind of mediator between Kath and jill and sort of emotionally blackmails Kath using christianity and like saying like what would jesus mm. do Mm-hmm. Kath tries to get her to have an abortion. Kath's like trying her hardest to like keep a lid on it. Like Jill then, I don't understand what happens in the scene. We were talking about it just earlier, but it's literally just the four of them, Kath, Arno, Jill, Don. Bruce is in there a little bit as well, but Linda and none of the mm-hmm. characters from the trees are in it at all. It's just set in their house. Jill, weirdly, I don't understand why she's pregnant and she would get ill, but she apparently becomes really ill with this pregnancy and it's kind of implied that it's Satan's baby. Yeah. <laughs> like she has all these big fits and like lurches around and um, then I don't know what the time scale is but it's at one point she's lying in bed kind of dressed as the Virgin Mary. Yeah. She then starts to die and makes like noises like, like gargling. <laughs> gargling yeah. and then she it, I don't know if this is an outtake or actually in 
the the edit of the episode but she goes to heaven and yeah, sees this is Diana yeah. and Lady Diana and she's she's like she's wearing a, a skirt a little old lady wearing a skirt and she implies that it's Kath's mum but Kath's mum's very much alive Diana's there and she said Jill you must continue being like you are the most perfect person <laughs> what does she say? <laughs> she says Lady Diana the queen of hearts the queen of heart she said Jill I love you you are the best Jill. person that's ever lived Lived. Yeah, and sort of like you must live on and take on my, my mantle, mantle as the queen of as hearts. The queen of hearts. And she says as well, um, I saw Jesus smiling like a puppy, smiling like a puppy. And she sort of got all like horrible makeup on her face as well to yeah. make herself look even more ill. Like she's sort of groaning in bed. She this, asks for a Twix for dipping. Yeah, this is also the episode where she has this uh, fake suicide attempt. Oh god, that 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 note. <laughs> yeah, she Kath goes into the kitchen and Jill is like hanging there and the note says Dear Kathy, I know this is what you always wanted so bye from baby and me <laughs> exclamation mark don't feel guilty for making me do this hopefully see you soon <laughs> lots of love Jill and it's all like swirly handwriting yeah. and there's like a little flower on the eye in yeah. Jill like it's exactly how you'd imagine Jill Tyrrell writing Yeah, and again Kathy just seems to be going along with all of it like she yeah she believes that it was a real suicide attempt obviously we know jill enough by now to know that's definitely that definitely wasn't a real suicide attempt she's yeah. you know faking it all the very the sort of when she's like i want a cappuccino a twix would be nice for dipping then kath goes out obviously can't make a cappuccino so she comes back in with a lovely cup of tea but just before she walks in jill's like kath's so full of hate yeah <laughs> And she comes cup of tea. smiling, yeah. And yeah, like we were saying before, Arno and Sue seem very, like they're believing. Oh yeah, they, they have sex as well. Yeah, yeah, a lot, yeah. And they're believing everything that Jill's saying. She's sort of bad-mouthing Kath and they're sort mm. of like, oh, really? We have this dinner scene in this episode where she's like, don't strike me again, Kathy. Yeah. <laughs> and this... she's sort of jolting around. Um, I quite like this bit when she... She's trying to act all weak with the pregnancy and mm. she is trying to eat something and like the spoon is all like chattering against her oh, teeth God, yeah. because she's pretending to be ill. Yeah. This is the point where she's in the wheelchair as well. Yeah. And Again, like, another Julie Davis trope, the electric wheelchair. She loves that. Making these noises. Making the noises. Like... Very um, similar to the first series because it's just set in one house and there's a stair lift. It all feels very much like when in Kath and Don's old house before, you know, where they used to sit around with the Beef Wellingtons and all of that business. It mm -hmm. reminds me of that. And um, everyone kind of turns on Kath a little bit. And then how does it jump from that to being all of a sudden Jill's, oh, she's much more heavily pregnant in a few hours she becomes more advanced yeah, yeah. and then she's really so all of a sudden she's really happy she's and, talking about her scan isn't she and how she's got a model's womb that looks like Naomi Campbell's but not black <laughs> and then she is drinking wine and smoking. and smoking and she's saying she wants to keep the size of the fetus down yeah she says um, I've got a very narrow canal oh god that whole monologue about the baby having hair going from the spinal column yeah the, Julia Davis is literally about to like cry laughing yeah at that point you can really tell she's they've just kept that in but she's really trying not to go she says the, the baby's got hair all down the spine and she says that could result in a seronia a seronia whereby <laughs> the child is born in the form of a monkey of a monkey and that would be so damaging to my self-esteem I would think about adoption <laughs> 
and then it ends. Yeah, that's the end of the episode. I, uh, that's a really good episode, actually. Yeah, I it think. is a little bit more like a sort of bottle episode where yeah. they are mainly in the house. Yeah. Yeah, and then episode six is oh. completely the opposite direction. Like I said before, there is a deleted scene from episode five where Kath gives birth. Mm. Episode six, the baby has been born. The uh, massive jump forward in time. And yeah. you kind of assume that Sue has moved in with them and has started and, her weird transformation into, I don't know, like a, sort of a new age person, a bit like Don as well. Yeah, and Arno has gone off and they say something about him um, since his conviction yeah. and then just don't mention anything yeah. else about it. Jill's wearing quite Jill is another, dressed as like a... Another sort of Anne Summers-esque Lederhosen, like little Austrian. Pink, yeah, little pink bows in her hair. Just that dance to that song. Yeah, this reminded me of series one as well she's like making breakfast for dawn sausages. she's got like a whole jug of sausages though and she's pouring she, them onto his plate she gives kath a rusk even though she's given the men all the meat <laughs> on a silver she gives kath well. a rusk on a silver platter and then pours milk on it and then pours milk on the sausages yeah like the, the smashed prawns in, in series one basket. just adding the milk, milk to the top of it. <laughs> and she's still pretending to be pregnant and she's in the breakfast scene pretending that she's in pain mm. and she's like don't worry Don I'm okay and yeah. he, he couldn't he doesn't us. flinch yeah I'm okay Don he doesn't flinch <laughs> he's just carrying on eating his breakfast but his weird this like, point, milky sausages they have all accepted that it's Bruce's child cause, yeah because <laughs> like she calls it D-Day no B-Day oh and I'm not talking about B-Days or something like that <laughs> and she puts on the video of Kath giving birth while oh, they're yeah. all eating breakfast and she says about uh, about Bruce he doesn't want to look at his mother's privates over his crunchy nuts <laughs> and Jill is trying to be all sort of interfering with the baby as well like she mumsy yeah support the head support the head Cathy yeah and they're talking about breastfeeding and she says this happens in your late 50s Cathy the, the nipple will become a dagger yeah he's not logging on she's not logging on <laughs> Sue, yeah, comes downstairs in this really kind of shiny purple dress and Don, like a sausage, falls out of his mouth because mm. <laughs> he can't believe it. Uh, I found the whole Sue and Don scene because I only watched this yesterday because it was the last episode yeah. of the season and I was shocked at how quickly Sue how readily she is willing to throw Kath under a bus, literally, yeah. to, to get with Don. But it's it's almost as if Gordon's death has like sent her on this trajectory where she is just like really highly sexed. And obviously her and Arno, you see them snogging and then you see them having sex. And then she's like, Kath's my best friend. But goes to a scene where she's actually having dinner with Don and they're talking about getting away and going to Spain, sailing on the 4pm tide. That whole transformation is... It's not believable, but at this yeah. point, it's like, what is believable? Mm, yeah, because in series one, it was very much like, you know, Kath, Sue and Jill. Jill was very much the nasty one. Mm. And Sue was often kind of trying to sort of defend Kath mm. and have a little word with Jill, like, oh, you're being a bit much. Yeah. And then now, yeah, Sue has become a bit more like Jill as the series goes on. Yeah, totally. And I also find it really interesting that actually series one begins with Kath and Don moving to that house. They would have never have known Sue and Gordon before mm -hmm. and, but then in this series they're describing each other as best friends like Kath's my best friend and like it's just interesting that you know they've c come into each other's lives and it's it, you're meant to believe that they've known each other for a really long time but Sue as a character is more of like a plot device I guess because she 
Don is obviously really attracted to uh in this series, it is kind of like her main characteristic is boobs. horny. Yeah. yeah. She's just constantly kind of up for it. Yeah. And this is where it all starts to kind of unravel for Jill because she overhears Don telling Sue that he wants to be with her and that they should run away together. Wants to fill her up and explode into a thousand pieces or something. Yeah. That line. <laughs> it's quite graphic for Don as well. Yeah. Like, he hasn't said anything like that really in the whole of mm. the... That, that's like... His monologue is the most he says in the entire series. Pretty much, yeah. And Jill's watching through the cat flap. Yeah. And he says they're going to sail to Spain at four o'clock that day. Yeah. And it just cuts, cuts. to Jill wearing this like Spanish flamenco, flamenco dress. Yeah. Heavily pregnant. 11 months pregnant. Yeah. Glenn has escaped at this point and he's waiting for Jill in the car with a gun. And at first he's kind of like, I've had it up to here with you, Jill. I remember everything. Nothing you can say will make me change my mind. Mind, and she just goes, I'm pregnant with your child, Glenn. And he's immediately <laughs> snapped back into it. Yeah. Where she says, let's run away together. And he's like, oh, yes, yes, please. Like he, It didn't take much to convince him back into being just yeah. doing whatever Jill says. Do you know what I found really frustrating about this episode? There's so much that has to happen because it's 28 minutes long. And like there are so many points that haven't been tied up yet. But there's literally a minute of Glenn eating a rabbit. Yeah, a with, a, with a spoon. With a yeah. spoon. Really like gross out humour that I don't necessarily think adds anything. Mm -hmm. And there's uh, Kath's line here. She comes out and says, I thought I saw a strange man lurking out oh, here. Yeah. Sort of a burnt Ken Dodd. Amazing. Because <laughs> by this point, Glenn is just like really dishevelled. He hides in the car by putting his head between Jill's legs. And Kath looks down and sees this and Jill goes, I'm just off for a wax. Just off for a wax. <laughs> Love it. I did enjoy that. Then, yeah, we get this scene sort of in a restaurant or a pub where Dawn and Sue are together, yeah, kind of, I guess, plotting. planning to run away together. Jill turns up with Glenn, who is sort of like in disguise at this point. He's got a sailor outfit. Sailor outfit. And he's, is he sort of blacked up or is it dirt? It's dirt from he dug his way out of Battle Lodge. Okay, I wasn't sure if he was like it, blacked it up. It does look a little bit like that. It's a bit like... Um, League of Gentlemen, Papa Lazarus vibes. Yeah, yeah. Just very, he's very dirty, but he hasn't washed any of that off. But there, I think it's, the reason they've left that on is for the Lambuna scene afterwards, so that yeah. he's got all the dirt on his hand that mixes with the curry so it can be as like dirty as possible. But basically, over the radio, they hear that there's been an escaped patient from Better Lodge, and like it basically just describes Glenn. I like it when he says, Am I at large, Jill? Am I at large, Jill? <laughs> it's so good. Jill it tells Sue that Dawn has said all of the same things to, to her, her and that they're going to run away together. And this is when... This, Sue believes her again. Yeah, and freaks out. And then this sort of chase ensues, doesn't it, where Sue is being followed by Dawn, mm. who's being followed by Jill, who's being followed by Glenn across the beaches. Yeah. Jill manages to distract Glenn quite easily by saying, let's have sex. Yeah. Uh, and then she knocks him out. Jill stumbles across the therapy centre where they're sort of waiting for her because the real flower has yeah. shown up at this yeah. point there's an intervention mm -hmm. and there's a deleted scene I don't know where it's like of the treatment of the treatment yeah. and what's been happening and she's like we've had a few complaints about you know the screams and she's like well I do I do scream I do tend to scream when I work that whole scene 
kills me again. I think the only line they left in of that was Jack says to her, and there is some evidence to suggest that you might not be black. Yeah. <laughs> like that bit comes in and then, yeah, bl- she's uh, concerned that Jill hasn't given birth yeah. yet. So we see this treatment. Oh God. And yeah, th- I think this is the right choice because in the deleted scene, we see it from the beginning where it's just her in the room and then all these different women mm. come in and some of them are topless. But as they have it in the actual episode it just cuts to like a full-on mayhem yeah <laughs> like, i think it is a lot funnier that way I think yeah yeah, yeah right totally. there. and jill yeah again jill looks like she has no idea what's going on and she wants to get away because at this point everything is going a bit mad for her yeah like, glenn arrives at the trees with a gun uh and this is where jill pretends to give birth in the bathroom with linda's, Using curry. linda's curry the lambuna yeah there's some good it's lines got the, when it's gone out and it goes back up again <laughs> yeah there's some good lines here like he's gone back up again <laughs> is that your cervix going jill oh <laughs> glenn has no idea have you come jill <laughs> i've heard i've heard some women can and it's and like some mayo yeah. or something isn't it oh god uh kath comes to the center and jill tries to steal abigail the baby and she's like insisting like no it, it's apricot it's apricot yeah i know my baby kathy i've waited all my life for this even though i hate children <laughs> oh there's that whole thing about her um she's pierced her ears she's pierced as well. her ears she asked me to <laughs> like her taking over kath's baby and then because wh- she says oh you know i did give birth but it was a boy and i didn't like it he was a little bit smug yeah <laughs> he knew what he was doing uh oh yes yeah, so, uh, she kidnaps the baby she pierces the ears and then she goes and gets a toffee apple yeah because she gives the baby back to kath and glenn is like where's my son jill and this is where she is like where's my shit son? and just runs basically everyone's running after her like floel is in there as well dolly parton jolene. jolene yeah the other thing about the baby in the basket i just thought was really funny is that it's she's got a basket it's got a baby in it but she's trying to hide it from calf but it's obviously moving around and she's like lamb she yeah says she says it's, it's a lamb that i got from the f- the farmer's market yeah oh so good <laughs> uh everyone's chasing after it they get to the the edge of this cliff except really. don and sue who are down below yep and that he doesn't actually look like he's enjoying it, is he? No. He looks a bit overwhelmed. Yeah. Like Don is just never content. No. <laughs> he's finally got with Sue, who he's been sort of lusting after for a few years yeah. now. And she's been quite, you know, enjoying it. Mm. And he looks like when when she gets killed, he looks almost sort of relieved. Mm. <laughs> like, oh thank God that's over. Yeah. And that scene is actually quite pivotal because Kath is obviously getting rid of the wheelchair it goes off the edge yeah, yeah. and it's like it's all it, her health has been deteriorating for the whole this series and then all of a sudden she's like she's had enough she's had she? enough yeah. she's been not asserting herself at all and bit by bit Jill's been hacking away at her her personality her weakness she's been abusing her family members her trust she's been staying in like putting a caravan blocking a car in like shitting on the the, (laughs) she's been treating her like absolute shit and Kath's just like fuck this pushes the wheelchair over the edge of the cliff and it's like everything has finally caught up with Jill for the first time ever the music turns really dramatic as well doesn't it because yeah Jolene stops and then we get this kind of operatic music Kath casts off the wheelchair they're kind of slapping each other (laughs) jill ends up falling off the edge 
but doesn't die. Lands she lands on a trampoline. Yeah. And then on top of Dawn, who, well... I don't understand we, what's happened at that point, because it's like he's drugged up, but... I think she's just sort of, I don't know... Like a brain injury or something, maybe because yeah. she's, she's I don't like know, hit, him. hit him in a certain way. Yeah. Uh, the police take Kath away, and just you know, to finish it all off, they run over Floella One as they're time. leaving. I think maybe I was going to say maybe she's dead now, but we don't know really, no, do she's, we? She's invincible. She survived. A we few don't times. know what happens to Linda. No, because the, then all we get now is the end shot where Jill's driving this boat, Don's in the back, sort of dribbling, and Glenn is behind. Um, On a jet ski or like something a, and a donut yeah that's it um, and that's it that's the end credits <laughs> yeah so she's finally got what she wanted she looks really beautiful i think in that at the end like, she looks genuinely happy <laughs> yeah because she's gone through all these transformations of like when she's really ill with the pregnancy and when she's pregnant all the clothes she wears are really bizarre but now she's got a sailor hat on and she's really happy and they're sailing to spain on a speedboat she's got what she wanted but it does feel a little bit rushed and a little bit like, oh, let's just wrap it up really quickly. It, they cram a lot into the last episode, a lot yeah. of plot. Considering yeah. when I think the fifth episode is so like quite tight and there's not a lot happens in it. And then it's very like up, down, up, down, this series. Yeah, she's actually said herself that she doesn't think the second series is... Uh, as good as the first one. She was asked about it in an interview uh, mm. in uh, Vice, and this was in 2016, so she's had quite a lot of time to mm. think about it. And she says, I think it's okay. I think some of it's funny, but you get a bit more money, you move location, you think, I mustn't bore people, mm. I need to do something else. And I just feel now that it was a bit too ridiculous. Mm. Um, oh, wow. And then in a separate interview with uh, The Independent, in the same year, unusually. Oh, I think I think she was maybe promoting camping or something yeah, at the time. She said in a different interview, I think the second series is a bit cartoonish and all over the place. Mm, well, it and is. I, I think that's fair. Yeah. I think it's still, I think it's a lot of fun. Yeah. I, I, the more I've watched it, the more I've enjoyed it. I think it's, the highs are much higher and the lows are much lower. So like you, it's just really erratic. And that means if you are a Julia Davis fan, it's all about, one-liners it's very quotable it's quotable and I think and for me that's why it's really satisfying with repeated watches because watching it for the first time as a series is probably all about the plot and about what happens and about things sort of unwinding and then coming back together and then resolving and there being a point to it and so the point in it being kind of a drama as well and, and that goes out the window with the, with the second series and so if you watch it again just as a fan like we do just kind of enjoying the characters and stuff literally you yeah. could pop, pop on episode four and without any reference to any of the other ones just because we know exactly what's happened and I think that's what it is it just becomes like so repeatable so watchable I think the first series is best to, to watch in order but there's basically just loads of set pieces with this one you know like the insemination yeah, can, scene yeah, that's the, a the set cafe, piece the cafe the, scene the appointment with the party Karen Karen yeah. the appointment there are all, each episode has like two or three of these big set pieces the lambuna scene the chase at the end uh, the only one that's kind of different like you said is that bottle episode the the fifth one where it's mainly just in the house it's mainly yeah. in the house and that's the one that's most similar to the first series I think yeah that's like awkward dinners and things like that this yeah. this season series is a lot more repetitive like the Battle Lodge you know 
trying to kill Glyn. Yeah, that comes up a few times where she goes over there and tries to kill tries him. Tries to kill him. Fluella getting run over. That's like, it's a bit more catchphrasy. And I don't know if she was influenced by Little Britain because that was very gross out humour at the time. Yeah, BBC Three was a little bit like that, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, like, you know, fat suits and like, you know, Bubbles Devere would bend over and like, you know what I mean? It was very kind of that. And I wonder if she was influenced by that because they had more of a budget. They had to like... Take it a bit further. Take it a bit further yeah. to, to maintain a big audience or something. But I think I completely agree with her. It is more cartoonish. And I, I think, yeah, it's because they moved to a different place, blah, 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 blah. However, that being said, I love it. And I think there are so many amazing things going through it and it feels like a little bit underdeveloped which is maybe why you watch it again and again because it feels almost like nearly there and then coupled with the fact that we get access to all these amazing outtakes and extras and extra footage it's like you kind of become almost like an expert at it and you know what things are referring to and and so I guess on that level it's amazing but as just a TV program that is broadcast and people maybe just watch it once or twice like it's I think inferior in in, in that sense she said she'd never want to do a third series yeah because people do still ask even now yeah. even though she's done loads of other I TV shows Sally Forever since. was basically the third series that's how it felt yeah me. sort of deranged yeah. female character it really was like you were back in that world uh, yeah, people still ask, though. People are like, when are you bringing back 99? And yeah. it's kind of like, she has moved on since then. Yeah. She doesn't rule it out completely, I don't think. But she Maybe doesn't... it could be like a one-off thing. You never know. I mean, I don't know what Jill would be up to now. <laughs> well, maybe they did get to Spain... Well, it's that's it. They can do a third series in Spain. Fifteen years ago, the the first series. But yeah, I'd love to see them all together. When you know you see them all on stage, they've all gone on to like such amazing things since then. Like Rebecca Front, particularly, and Ruth Jones, particularly. Mm. When they had the fifteen uh, year anniversary at the BFI, yeah, I thought it was really nice how they had pretty much all the cast there, didn't they? Yeah. And they all seem genuinely happy to be, to be in each other's re- revisiting the series. Yeah. And, you know, I think it said a lot that they all were up for going to that because often with those sorts of events, you might get like one person or two people to go along. Like mm. it's a bit of a chore. Yeah. Whereas they seem genuinely like thrilled to be talking about it. And yeah. I think Felicity Montague in particular yeah. was so... She was really enthusiastic. She was just like, Julia's amazing. Like it's yeah. such a great show. She's such a genius. Whereas Julia Davis is sitting there looking kind of embarrassed. Like, because she doesn't seem to be the sort of person who likes, um, you know, enthusing about her own work. Mm -hmm. She seems quite shy. Uh, I wonder now what will happen because it's Sally Forever kind of can't really go anywhere else, I don't think. I don't know. I think, I guess we'll see because it did, like, it won the BAFTA for Best Comedy a few months ago. So that might be, they Mm. might want to recommission it after that. It'll be interesting. I hope she does tend to sort of take things further when things come back like for example with Hunderby Mm. they had the original series and then it came back not for a second series but it came back for specials specials. and those were similar with Nighty Night really they were a bit more gross Mm. they were a bit more extreme some people didn't like them as much Mm. seems to be a sort of trend of hers so Mm. if Sally Forever does come back I'll be interested to see I'd love her to do more Human Remains as well that would be great because I that just... was like 20 years ago now. Yeah. And Rob Brydon is now like Mr. Light Entertainment. I know, I know. <laughs> it's strange watching that back. Oh, God, I just want 
to know like they couldn't they wouldn't even have to bring the same characters back because it was never about that it was it just, could be anything yeah exactly i kind of feel like the was mark Wotton at the the bfi thing? i think he was yes, wasn't he yeah like to see her work more with him as well definitely because they've done like a radio series together but oh, not they? not anything on TV so. and Lizzie and Sarah obviously are her and Jess Hines is yeah it? and they did that and then haven't worked together since because so. Jess Jess is still doing BBC stuff so maybe it's something to do with that I don't know I don't know they're, they're two characters that I just I can't I, I mean I can't get over Lizzie and Sarah and yeah and they've said as well that if they did carry on doing Lizzie and Sarah like if the BBC had been sensible and commissioned a series then um, it would have been like different characters in each episode mm-hmm. like Human Remains I think or well, I don't know if they definitely decided yet whether they were going to carry on with Lizzie and Sarah uh, or whether they were going to do a different story in each episode that would have been good so before we finish yes. where can people find you on social media uh, Tom Aspor so it's T-O-M underscore A-S-P-A-U-L it's the same on Instagram and Twitter cool and is there anything in particular I you want to plug? Just that I constantly tweet about Nighty Night and Lizzie and Sarah. Um, but I I do have some new music coming out soon, which I'm really excited about. And I also do my own podcast, which I'm not really sure when I'm doing the next bit for that. But everything's all up in the air at the moment because I've just moved back home. I'm living in the Midlands again for the first time in a while. The Black Country. But yeah, that's it really. Just uh, I'm pretty sure if you follow me on there, you'll know, you'll know soon enough what I'm plugging but yeah I'm obsessed with uh, all of her work in your like podcast intro isn't there a little clip of Jill's Ooh, that's voice? lovely yeah yep. mm, <laughs> popping the champagne yeah I can't remember what yeah it must be from series one um mm, that's lovely oh that's oh that's the it's when she's drinking a cappuccino mm, that's nice yeah <laughs> I constantly just think constantly thinking about Jill Tyrrell and Lizzie and Sarah and all the characters from Human remains. I'm tired and I'm tight. Is something I say <laughs> all the time, and no one ever gets it. Risotto vagina. It's constantly yep. <laughs> just constantly going round. And Linda, are you cat? Is that cat? Like that's just another one. Yeah, sandwiches. Sandwiches. It's just constant. And then also like the the woman who works in the bridal shop in yeah. Human Remains. No, no, that just. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, I am obsessed. Thank you so much for having me on because oh, it's uh, it's just the the best TV series of all time. And I there are there are a few friends of mine, really good friends, who haven't seen it, and like just the idea of showing them it is so exciting because I there's so much about it that kind of explains the way I <laughs> the way justifies I, your behavior. Kind of sometimes, <laughs> like Jill's dancing. If I'm a bit drunk. I would literally dance like split, that. Split trumpet. <laughs> Leg yawn. Just the way she does that with her arms. Like just there's certain things. Yeah, it's it's amazing. And to be honest, I don't really feel like we need a third series, I think, because I'm happy with the two that we have. And there's a wealth of other um, Julia Davis shows out there to get involved with. Thank you for listening to this episode of Smashed Prawns in a Milky Basket. You can find us on Twitter at Julia Davis QOTD and you can find me at It's Sophie Davis. This podcast was edited by Alex Blondek with original music by Martin Ford and Matt Bond. Next time, I'll be joined by Anna Lohman for a Christmas special.